3: This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
2: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, we have the landlord of the House of Hardcore, the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Tommy Dreamer, and I talking about Monday Night Raw. And when you're talking about Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, what are you talking about? The White Rabbit. What does it mean? Where is this leading to? We talk about it on the podcast. Also, Tommy brings up the name The Undertaker. And I do LaGreca. Shh. Why? Because I want to see The Undertaker in one more match. His last match. We get into it right now on the Busted Open Podcast. the universal heartthrob, the one and only Austin Idol. Sir, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. You're playing that funky music. I love that funky music. Austin, you don't get it, man. Funky music. You got to understand.
4: That'd be a great name for a song, wouldn't it?
2: it, 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 it Austin, you got to understand. Funky like, love music. I... <laughs> All right. uh, okay. Austin, how are you this morning? Thank you so much for the time as always.
4: Oh, I'm doing great, Dave. I appreciate it. Glad to be on with you and the Dreamer and Mickey James. She knows how much I love her.
3: I love you too, Austin.
4: I know. We ain't telling Nick, though.
3: <laughs> I miss your face. I haven't seen you in a while.
4: Well, it's my fault. Okay, I'll take all the heat. Cause I love Austin heat. has
3: been out to the house, though, Tommy. Nice. You know that? Austin has been to the Aldis Manor, if you will. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and Big G is a massive fan doing, of the You guys doing Bible. great? Oh, we're so good. We're so good. How are you? Doing great, yeah, staying busy, busy
4: enough, and uh, the weather's beautiful here in Greenville, South Carolina. All the windows are open, so we're probably going to hear dogs howling and barking and sanitation trucks uh, riding by, but, you know, it's just
2: real life, but everything's good. <laughs> that, that, listen, there's a lot to get into with you, but let's just dive in. The theme for today's show is greatest rivalries, greatest feuds of all time. You've been involved in a bunch, uh, but probably the most notable of all was the ma- the feud that you had with Jerry the King Lawler, the matches that you had, the tag matches with you and Tommy Rich against him and Bam Bam Bigelow, the hair versus hair match, the cage matches. So first and foremost, that that feud, talk about that feud that you had with Jerry Lawler. Well, Dave, I mean, that was
4: a hot ticket for a long time. I mean, a very, very long time. When you think about it, I mean, I guess when I started there and how it just kind of evolved. And, of course, I wasn't there full time. But in and out, I think about 10 years, which is really kind of unheard of. And being that those were the territory days where you ran those towns once a week, not once a month or once every six months or once a year, you had to deliver the goods.
1: So yeah. it was it was a hot ticket, yeah. And for Austin, uh, for you, I mean, this is different because it's putting asses in seats and having like Mickey and I were talking about that emotional investment mm-hmm. and the guys, their paydays, the way they ate were from a lot of the angles, how, you know, they got over. And if the angles weren't good, guess what? Uh, the houses were down, but if the angles were good, the houses were up and so was your pay. So, I mean, you guys really went out there and earned it uh, because it was also part of your livelihood.
4: Absolutely, Tommy. I mean, it was like uh, week to week, you know. So you, uh, of course, I wasn't in, in that, you know, territory. I wasn't part of the family, so I mean, I was a, you know, I was an outsider. But worked my way inside. So, you know, I mean, I, I wanted, I wanted something that would sustain itself. So you had to have your thinking cap on all the time and be thinking well in advance
1: well and back then to- nobody cut jerry lawler's hair i mean i remember all the you know that was the ultimate hair versus hair and it was always the heels losing poor bill dundee uh, his wife even lost her hair at the time because nobody beat <laughs> jerry lawler in the the hair versus hair but you did
4: yeah it was a big deal i mean it was obviously it was a big deal and uh Man, you talk about a hot time in Memphis that night. You know, you've seen the videos. I mean, it was a it was a riotous crowd. There's no doubt about it, and it could have really gotten out of control uh, very easily. It, and it was close. I mean, it was very, very close to becoming just a total meltdown. That were you know we may not have even gotten out of there because I mean, I, I was looking at the cops outside, right. and I could see I could see the cops were afraid, and I don't blame them because they have yeah. never been in anything like that. And uh, it was pretty spooky, but I, I knew what I was going to do. And I told Paul Heyman, I told Tommy Rich, I said, when that gate opens, I ain't walking back, I'm running back. And it's <laughs> the first time I ever did it, never did it again, because you just don't do that. But, you know, again, you, you, you get knocked down, you're probably going to get your brains kicked in. So, so, you know what, uh-uh, I'm running. <laughs>
3: Well, you talk about that, but, like Austin, I think it goes back to the amount of heat that you had. like, yeah, it was and going to that cage match. I mean, that was pretty ground like it was groundbreaking. It was revolutionary at the time, you know, I think that but the amount of heat that you had, and we've had talked about before, like, especially from that era, anyone who was at, like anyone went through. Lawler show like through the territory there like we go back to a lot of people's careers and they go back to Memphis all the time but you against Lawler I think was just something that was so different and two different worlds and just the amount of heat that you had, you know, was incredible. It was incredible.
4: Well, well, Mickey, you know, it's chemistry, you know, the Mm -hmm. chemistry was there. And uh, we both, you know, we, we both wanted to make money. And that was it. We both wanted to make money. And, uh, and we did. And the thing of it is even, you know, going back that far, you didn't have, uh, you know, stacked cards, right? You You didn't have all these superstars or quasi superstars that were from, you know, bottom to the top. You didn't have it. So right. You really had to pull the load. I mean, you really had to pull the load and, uh, yeah, it was a great, it was pressure, but it was great pressure. It's the kind of pressure you want, you know, so uh, I, I loved I loved being in that pressure cooker. And I, I was very fortunate because of my, um, you know, the way Lawler and I got along. Uh, and mm-hmm. they were, he was very open to me. He's like, look, Idol, you got any ideas? Well, heck, man. Yeah, I got three months in advance. Right. Of, of ideas. You know, he didn't to go for all of them, but. You know, I mean, I took some of the pressure off of him, too. Well, he didn't and have all, to be the guy, you know, creating and thinking all the time. So right. He, and he didn't, and he wasn't. So, yeah. it was a pretty cool chemistry, yeah. And I like Jerry Lawler a ton.
1: Austin, do you have a favorite? Uh, f- me and Mickey listed our favorite feuds. Do you have a favorite feud that you did?
4: With Lawler? No, just in your in career. In general, Period. in your career. Oh, gosh, man, you know... <laughs> you look at uh what well, heck go to georgia championship wrestling i mean the thing with tommy rich yeah that was yeah. vegas
1: leg lock with the belt you son of a bitch
4: <laughs> oh man listen. see how it make... affects me still <laughs> oh yeah i mean that thing and tommy was so over he was you know good looking and yes ma'am and no ma'am yes sir no sir elvis you know and uh he was so over. I mean, I could look at Tommy the wrong way and people hated me. So, I mean, that was a heck of a run and yeah, with the belt and the legs, that deal, that would, that went on for a while. Kevin Sullivan and I drew a lot of money there. Yep. Yeah. Kevin and I drew a lot of money there. Then I was wrestling too for a while. I mean, geez, I, I I went, you know, I was involved with a lot of people there in Georgia championship wrestling. So, um, Yeah, all good stuff.
1: It's also, uh, and this was way before the title, Reinventing Yourself uh, became a thing, but I mean, you totally reinvented yourself. I'm actually reading The Sheik's book, and then you came out and worked with The Sheik and your new persona. You were more of a power lifter guy and then just totally changed up your body, changed up your look with your hair and just became the universal heartthrob. And, and the most important thing for a lot, because there's a lot of wrestlers that listen to it too, uh, your generation got it in the sense of, and you say it, drew money. And that's what it's about. And right. all the all those angles that you're talking about. I mean, I'm, I'm 51 and now I'm thinking, and you have me thinking like when I'm 11 and 12, and it was so memorable of the things that you did because it was those formidable years where I'm like, man, this is the hottest stuff I could ever seen. So, you reinvented yourself and then guess what years later you you reinvented yourself again doing stuff within the nwa and it's a uh, mm-hmm. very very cool and thanks for uh still doing it and still uh you're not taking many bumps even though i whooped you in the ecw arena because i had <laughs> <it
4: just come. laughs> well you know i was never known for a hot being a high flyer <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny no that well, wasn't my say- thing i mean you know you know that wasn't my thing but when I did, hey, listen, when I did take a bump or two, which I did, yeah, obviously I did, and I could, but um, I was very fortunate. I mean, it was kind of a throwback thing, but I was very, very fortunate so many times in so many ways. But when I was in Australia as a young punk kid, and I couldn't even spell my name, uh, that would have been 72. I was around these international superstars, and they were, because you, getting into Australia you difficult. I got I was lucky. I was I got in through Gary Hart. I was very very lucky. But I was around these masters and I just absorbed, I was like a sponge and learned. I said, you know, these guys they don't take bumps, but man, oh man, the houses are packed and they had that psychology down. They had it down. So I watched and you know, looked and I listened and, and remembered all I could and I was very, then I got to New York. And that would changed everything again from Australia because I to meet these the guys, I mean Freddie Blassie told me one day, kid, take care of your body. Take care of your body. Work smart. Don't work hard. Mm-hmm. And it's not yeah, like that's I was so funny. athletic anyway. I mean honestly I wasn't. But I I was athletic enough. You know what I mean? I was athletic enough, so Thank God. I mean, even to this day, no surgeries, no shoulder, hips, or, you know, knee, or any
2: replacements. I could use a brain replacement. But, uh, <laughs> now, this man does this every Monday. I need this from Austin now. If you could, sir, <laughs> if you could, just for 30 seconds, motivate me here, live on the air, it would be greatly appreciated. Oh, right Lord. here, right now? Right here, right, right here, now. Right no pressure.
4: Now. Hey. <laughs> Dave McGregor, I, I, know, I know you feel like you're an underdog. I know you think that you just don't have the tools, that you don't, you don't have the equipment, that you're just not, um, you're not geared to make it to the big time. I know how you're feeling, but listen, what I want to tell you, Dave, you do have the equipment. You do have the tools. And you know something? Your destiny is scheduled. It's coming. Now, it may not come when you want it to come, Dave. Patience kicks in. You've got to be patient. If you want to climb to the top of that mountain, Dave LaGreca, you listen to me. Be patient. Keep a positive attitude. And, oh, by the way, don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to all those negative people that love to hang out and, you know, throw cold water on your dream. They want to stomp on your dream. Walk away from them. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. You walk away from those negative folks because they ain't going to take you anywhere. Where they want to take you, Dave, is take you down all the way down into the quicksand from
2: you got the tools i'm behind you and i know you're going to hit it and hit it big damn good ah! austin idols i'm motivated i can run through all. that's right tommy no more listen to the naysayers i've done a good job of that that's why i've been divorced twice but austin again austin <laughs> idol go to universalwrestlingcollege.com again it's universalwrestlingcollege.com for all the information Uh, Austin, we got to get you back on again. Again, I am driving at some point between now and December. I am going to take the ride to Greenville, South Carolina, to your school, Mm -hmm. and just get a couple of lessons from you because there is nobody on this earth that will motivate me more than you, good sir. So thank you for the time this morning. If you
0: missed anything this week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, I got you covered. It's Mike Bapchik's Morning After, where we play back the best clips of the week and recap in a way you have never heard before. It's a roast like no other, and no one is safe. Not Mad Dog, not anyone. This is a Morning After walk of shame you actually won't regret. You can find Mike Bapchik's Morning After on SiriusXM, Pandora, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode
2: right now baby doll how are you this morning good I'm morning well, i'm
5: well i'm well when you're when you're like 60 and you have all this electronics and devices and crap you got to do and i don't have my daughter to hand it off and go here help me it gets a little uh, daunting sometimes <laughs> yeah 60 well, is mean,
1: nothing because you're still our perfect 10 baby doll welcome to bust it Open. we're talking food. Yeah. we're so excited to have you here dave I'm was giving your her entire you. history uh, David, take it away. Come on now.
2: All right. So let's start from the beginning. I believe you started in 1984 with world-class championship wrestling, Andrea, the giant uh, with Gino Hernandez. How did you get involved? How did you meet Gino and how did you become a part of world-class? Oh my
5: gosh. Um, it all started out. My parents were wrestlers and my dad promoted in Lubbock, Texas. And Gino was one of the uh, stars that were on our cards And especially like in high school and um, college, I was always excited to see Gino. I had a huge crush on him. I um, heard my parents talking that uh, they were looking for a girl to work with Gino because he'd had the feud with Sunshine that had evolved into Stella Mae French. um, When Sunshine had gone to do rehab and get better, they just had Stella. And because at that time, they didn't have... um, the guys didn't touch the girls girls didn't touch the guys if you had a mixed tag if one tagged out then the other one had to come in you didn't have any intergender so they were trying to figure out how to keep things going so they were thinking about getting a, a bodyguard for gino to take care of stella may mm-hmm. and i heard my parents kind of talking about that so i took my dad's black book and went to uh, a boyfriend's house and called the dallas office and david manning answered and I gave him the deal like, Hey, I heard my parents talking and maybe I would work out, you know, and he was like, wow, we're just got a meeting with Fritz going on. Let me see what he thinks about it. And about an hour and a half, two hours later, David called me back and said that they absolutely love it. The only problem was who was going to tell my parents that I was going to quit college and go (laughs) off to be a professional wrestler and It was kind of uh, scary at the time, but I figured, well, if I'm going to be a big girl, it's time to be a big girl and told them and they were not happy. I was in school to be an EMT. I had two weeks to go. I was in the top four of my class. I was doing really well, really liked it. But um, the rest is history. About two weeks after that, I loaded up my car and went to Dallas and lived outside in Ulysses with a friend of mine and worked from the the. Uh, Sunday before Labor Day up until Christmas Day and the day after in Florida were the dates I have.
2: Do you remember Mm -hmm. the first time you went out in front of a crowd? What was that like? You know, with Gino Hernandez by your side. What was that like? Take us back to that moment. It was
5: crazy. Um, It was a Sunday before Labor Day. It was in San Antonio, Texas. They weren't expecting me at all because I hadn't done any TVs, no promos, no anything. So I'm in the in my dressing room and it was Gary Hart and Ken Mantel and Gino and Mike Von Eric and Stella and myself. We went over the match and told everything what they what were expecting me to do. I had like seven spots where I had to be like on point at this point of doing stuff. And um, whenever they they told me what to do, gave me the finish, everything was good. They said, Have you got it? Do you know exactly what we want you to do? And I said, Yeah look big badass, I can kick somebody's ass. They said, that's exactly right. So then whenever they left, I was like, oh my God, they'd actually smartened me up. I had no idea. Kayfabe was so strong in my family that I was not smart until they actually gave me my first finish. And even then they didn't know that they smartened me up because I was just, okay, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. No problem. No problem. I kind of had an idea of what Went on, but I had no idea the details and the timing and the whole thing. So, wow, yeah, my very first match, I was, I got smart enough.
1: Wow. A Del, we're talking uh, feuds, rivalries, and you've been involved in a lot of them, but also it was your job at most times to be the heater. Did you ever feel that? I mean, we, we had Austin Idol on. I've seen it where you start to worry about your safety or you're involved in actual riots.
5: Mm hmm. Right. There have been a couple of times, especially with Tully. Um, the Great American Bash was one of those whenever um, Dusty won me for 30 days. And there was a guy actually coming at me with a knife and Manny Fernandez, like tackle him out of the way. Um, like fans jumping over the guardrail and, and, and like beating you up. And back then we didn't have security. They didn't have like the long entrance ways and the guardrails all the way to the ring you actually had to fight your way to and from the ring and i figured sometimes if i didn't have to fight my way back i didn't earn my money because i didn't get any heat and um it's it's scary when you've got ten thousand people behind you and the the way that the lighting was like the ring lights were directly on the ring like the crowd was dark you had no idea like how many people there were were or how far up to the balcony it went and just didn't know that like someone was coming out of the crowd to get you. Um, One of the times that you can really, really, really hear it is whenever Dusty had his match with Flair and I put Flair's foot on the rope and we were like sold out. Charlotte Coliseum was a Sunday afternoon and the crowd, you could actually hear them take this gasp and go silent. And then they uproar. It, it, it was you actually, you know how they say when you've got heat, I could actually feel the building get like 20 degrees hotter. It was the scariest thing I've, I have think I've ever been through. But it was also the most. Yeah, we got them. We, we have
2: so got them. You know, you've had fans hate you, but you have have had fans love you as well. What did you prefer? being that heat magnet like you were as a heel or
5: did you like being a baby face with Dusty? Mm, I really like being a heel because either you can really be really good at being a heel or it's like, ah, eh, and you can say, I I absolutely loved it. A baby face was good, uh, was great, but you always have to be in character and you always have to be happy and makeup on and, and dressed, and, because if you're not they're disappointed you're like Mm -hmm. oh okay yeah but you're not pretty like on tv yeah i just woke up okay (laughs) Um, but like with a heel you can put on the glasses you can go to the store you don't have to be like really nice you can be a heel and they they love it so Mm -hmm. i i really like being a heel really wow. like well yeah. the, we, we're gonna have to get you
2: on again when we have more time this has been fascinating i got so many what was in the envelope we don't know uh, there's so much to, to talk about with you but thank you so much for the time this morning we truly appreciate it
5: well thank you thank you for inviting me it's great and again thanks y'all i love you mickey tommy uh, david everybody thank you so much and the fans i've got a lot of stuff coming up just just real real quick I've got Ohio coming up on October the fifteenth for Billy uh, Bob Fulton and his son. I've got uh, Baltimore at a celeb fest, and I've also got October the twenty second and Rome, Georgia. I'm um, doing a signing uh, from one to five. We've got uh, Gangrel, Rock and Roll Express, um, nice. and Marlena. So wow. really huge, huge.
1: It's this is Adam Shine, host of the Adam Shine Podcast. Here to tell you, you can listen to my podcast all year round. I'll give you my NFL picks against the spread, give you fantasy advice all season long, while being joined by the best guests in all of sports. He's Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. This is what I expect. You know, I expect to play well every year. We release episodes of the Adam Shine Podcast every week. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, including with most subscriptions. The Adam Shine Podcast.
2: Tony Khan. Tony, good morning to you. Good morning, Dave. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. And as I just said, what a big week for AEW this past week.
0: It was a great week. We had an awesome Grand Slam. We had our biggest live gate ever for AEW TV. Kept a great streak of ratings going. And now we got a great show tonight from Philadelphia on TBS.
2: You know, we had Austin Idol on the show just Just before, and he was talking about his feud with Jerry the King Lawler in Memphis. And, Tony, you're such a historian when it comes to pro wrestling. Do you look at some of those old territories like Memphis or world-class for some inspiration for you when you're putting together a card?
0: Yes, sometimes. I actually, really late last night, it's funny, I had a really good idea, I think. Hopefully it's a good idea. Late last night at about two in the morning that I said to a few of the people in the office and people really liked it. And I really try to get people if it's a bad idea or not, something people aren't going to like to tell me if you you don't if you don't think this is something people would like, please tell me. That's why you run it by people. People really liked it. And it was inspired by some territory stuff. So I do look at that stuff. And Austin Idol versus Jerry Lawler actually is one of my favorite rivalries. It's some great, great, great TV uh, around 1987. Now, to be fair, a lot of it didn't play out on TV. I, this is uh, a good footnote. Do you remember Austin Idol really didn't come into the Memphis studio very much? Right. Like a lot of the Austin Idol stuff. He was sending in promos for the weekend, and then they would do the angles or further the story on Monday in Memphis. But Austin Idol really, through that whole thing, did not come into the studio and do much. Like, most of it was was pre-taped promos, if you remember.
1: Philadelphia, tonight, Dynamite.
0: Very excited for tonight. Uh, I cannot wait for this one. Of course, there have been many defenses of the Ring of Honor World Championship in Philadelphia. And of these many defenses, actually, uh, Bandito, the former champion, is 3-0 and in title defenses in Philadelphia, As champion, he never got a rematch for the title. And tonight, he's going up against the new Ring of Honor World Champion, one of the biggest stars, arguably the biggest star, ever to hold the Ring of Honor World Championship. Also, somebody who's just been on fire having great matches this year. That's Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho versus Bandito tonight on AEW Dynamite on TBS – that's going to be an amazing match. I'm really excited for Jericho versus Bandito tonight.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, I would guess too, Tony. We're going to hear uh, from from Soraya after uh, her appearance last week in Queens. Yes,
0: yeah, we will hear from Soraya. Uh, that is one of the things we've uh, advertised and hyped people up. We will definitely hear from Soraya after her arrival last week, and I'm excited about that tonight on Dynamite.
3: Well, I think everybody's excited about that. The reaction she got when she came out. Oh, my God. Wrestling fans, they lost their mind. It was completely unexpected. Um, But, yeah, it was amazing. And I'm really, really excited for this journey for her and what she's going to be doing. Um, Because I don't even know if she's cleared to wrestle or what yet. But it doesn't matter whether she wrestles or she doesn't. It Honestly, the people... Love her so much. And it was a hell of a win for you, Tony, to get her on the show. So Great. I'm just, I'm really, really excited. And I'm excited for her because I think that she thought, well, I'm not going to wrestle. And uh what is next for me? And she's someone who's grown up in this business. And she's so, so good at everything she does, whether it's, you know, the general manager that she's done or the wrestling, obviously. But the uh impact that she's had on this generation, especially of female fans um but like the fans especially they just like clamor for her so awesome awesome awesome
0: yeah it's going to be great to hear from her tonight i totally agree with you mickey uh really excited to have soraya in aew and we'll find out more about her plans in aew tonight on dynamite yeah also you know she's she came last week she got involved and I'm really excited, like you said, Mickey, to find out more about what her, what she's going to do in AEW and what Soraya's plan is. And we're going to learn more about uh, what she's here to do tonight.
2: Yeah. Yay. Very I'm looking excited. forward to that. And then, of course, we got to talk about the match that we saw last week in Queens, Brian Danielson and John Moxley. John Moxley once again your ring, uh, your AEW World Heavyweight Champion. I mean, what a first of all, Tony, what a great match that was. And again, the crowd. You know, you mentioned uh the pop that the Acclaim got when they won the tag titles. Mickey just talked about the pop that Soraya got, but seeing the mixed emotions from that crowd in Queens with Brian Danielson and Jon Moxley. Those are two of the most beloved wrestlers in AEW. See that type of classic match that we got in the main event. And again, to see John Moxley with that world title around his waist tonight on Dynamite.
0: Well, we'll see John Moxley with a world title around his waist. I'm very excited for that. And he's actually going to be up in action in an Eliminator match against one of his toughest c- competitors, one of his biggest rivals, and one of the very few people in pro wrestling who's beaten John Moxley twice. And that is Juice Robinson, wow. who has beaten Mox twice in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And now he's going to try and continue that run here in AEW. And if Juice can win this match, he will be in line to get a world title shot. And then he could step right into the mix. Of course, it's a crowded scene and there's a lot of exciting matches on the horizon. We know that on October 18th in Cincinnati, Hangman Page is going to challenge for the world title. Uh, and we also know that looming out there, Somebody you can challenge for the title anytime he wants is MJF. And with MJF looming, hangman out there in the future, uh, this is a, a very crowded and exciting title scene. Juice Robinson is one of the hottest, most exciting pro wrestlers in the world. So it's great to have rock hard Juice Robinson in AEW making his Dynamite debut tonight in Philadelphia against John Moxley.
1: I'm uh, a big fan of Juice, and I've been working with him. And I'm—I literally look at him and I say, "This guy has all the tools to be the next Randy Savage if you really start to look at him." And I just—he, uh, this is something that—that's a make or break for him in the sense of he wins tonight on this. I mean, he's uh, of course, you know, killing it everywhere he goes. But he wins tonight, man. It's next level for him, and he has all those. Massive star qualities. I just need him to really feel it and then the people to feel it as well.
0: Well, I I absolutely agree with that. Uh, He's definitely got a star presence. I'm a big fan, and I definitely think he's the right wrestler to come into AEW tonight, make that challenge, and we are really excited to have Juice in AEW. And Mm -hmm. absolutely, he's taken on the toughest opponent he could possibly Line up against, but it's somebody he knows very well and has beaten. And uh, Juice is somebody we're really ha- happy to have in AEW. And I know you've worked with him, Tommy, and you know firsthand what an exciting competitor he is. So that's going to be a great match tonight on TBS.
2: You know, Tony, you talked about the acclaim Max Caster and Anthony Bowens putting that team together and watching them grow. And now become tag team champions. Two other wrestlers that are, you know, homegrown AEW talent are Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, Watching them kind of grow, not only in the ring as wrestlers, but on the microphone. Uh, I thought on Rampage this past Friday, both Hobbs and Starks killed it with Mark Henry on the microphone. And what, what a wonderful match those two had on Rampage on Friday night.
0: Yep. It was a great lights-out match. Awesome, awesome way to wrap up an amazing two-hour AEW Grand Slam rampage. That was awesome. So uh, I completely agree. And top to bottom, I thought that was a great show on Friday.
2: Especially Hobbs. Uh, You know, Hobbs, you know, hasn't had a lot of opportunities on the mic. But now when he has it, he kills it. And, like, he's doing his best work of his career, best work in AEW. Got to be proud of watching those two develop and grow. And then the women's division, to see that women's division now with Soraya, I'm sure that's going to take it to another stage. But but Britt Baker, once again, having one of her iconic images, she had another one uh, in Queens at Grand Slam. And it's going to be interesting to see what the interim... AEW World Women's Champion's going to do tonight, Tony Storm.
0: I'm very excited for that, of course, to have Serena Deeb challenging Tony Storm. We saw yes. Serena Deeb. You know, I know Mickey loves to hear that. She's a huge fan. I know of of Serena and I would presume also of Tony. <laughs> the Toni. Professor,
3: it don't get yes. much better than that, Tony. Come on.
0: It's a great great match and Serena actually holds a pin over Tony just 2 weeks ago on Dynamite. And these two have been locking horns and have built a great rivalry in recent weeks. And, of course, we saw Serena, Britt, and Jamie laying down a savage beating in Grand Slam at Arthur Ashe last week when Soraya showed up in AEW. So things have been really heated between Tony and Serena. I think that's just going to be a fantastic match tonight on Dynamite. I'm excited for that.
1: And Tony, I apologize for my co-host Mickey James. When she hears certain people's names, like she just has to go Deebs! She just has to yell these things. She can't. can't. She's a she's an, a grown child. Is really she's listening.
3: one of the greatest female wrestlers on the planet. Period. End of story. Yeah. You know, and, and the professor I
0: think that, is totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. She's one of yeah. the best.
3: You are so very I, lucky I, to really have sick. her. And. Yeah. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that she's, you know, having an opportunity to kind of, cause she trained so many of these girls that you have on your roster right now. Like she literally helped train them and to see what, you know, she's never really had that spotlight to show how great she truly is. And when I say she's one of the best, she's absolutely one of the best. And there's no argument about it. And I don't, that it's not just my opinion. It's just facts of the world.
0: Period. Yep. And We've seen it, and the, the numbers don't lie. And Serena right. has stacked up some great wins in AEW over some of the biggest stars in the company. And so now- Serena has even pinned Tony Storm two weeks yep. ago. So and she can do she it again. This, this shot, and uh, whoever comes out of the match tonight as the interim world champion, we're going to have somebody great holding the belt. And absolutely, Tony Storm versus Serena on TBS tonight these are the great kind of matches we have to look forward to and i think that's going to be tremendous to have those two in the ring fighting for the belt you could not get two better wrestlers fighting for that wow. championship tonight and as we've seen in recent weeks they absolutely hate each other so this should be a good it's one it's
3: going to be awesome yeah they're both so good and i love tony and i've wrestled with tony before as well and she's incredible but it's really really cool to see this come to fruition you know who's really going to win tony The fans. The fans? Fans. Yes! (laughs) There you go. There you go. And speaking
2: of the fans, being in Philadelphia, Tony, I I know that Philadelphia is near and dear uh, to your heart. So is just something special about having a pro wrestling show in Philadelphia like we're going to see tonight for Dynamite?
0: Yeah, I think it's really special. You know, Chris Jericho is celebrating his eighth world championship win tonight, and also then going to go out and make his first defense and could be his last defense against a former ring of honor world champion. Of course, ring of honor has a great history in Philadelphia and before ring of honor, ECW had a great history in Philadelphia. I grew up Tommy himself. I saw when I was a 13 year old kid and Chris Jericho, his last match in ECW, actually his last two matches in ECW. I was there to see them both on Friday night against Sabu and Saturday night versus two cold Scorpio in the ECW arena at the doctor is in August of 1996. So now over, uh, wow. It's crazy to say over, uh, wow. It's, it's crazy. how many how long it's been, the the longer you think about it, but it's it's scary to say that it's been over 26 years, uh, since that show. And Chris Jericho, it is not a stretch to say is wrestling at the highest level he has in many years. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. Chris has found the fountain of youth. His matches this year have been the best matches he's had in AEW so far. It's, it's the fans saying that around the world and also the people he's been in the ring with. John Moxley has wrestled Chris Jericho in AEW, also in WWE, and John and Chris have wrestled all over the world. And John said to me firsthand, Chris is the best he's ever been right now. He was blown away. Wow. And it was John, John who asked for the Lionheart, who asked for the Lionheart to come back. And, you know, he got what he asked for. Chris came back better than ever. And it is really exciting, and it's pretty cool to have Chris celebrating that eighth world title win here in Philadelphia. And then to put the belt up against a former Ring of Honor champion and somebody who uh, has a very good case and somebody who is a very credible challenger and somebody who could, in fact, take the belt. Uh, For Chris to be a fighting champion. Pretty cool. And I think that's one of the neat things about being back in Philadelphia with AEW tonight.
2: Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXMFiNation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash bustedopentrial to start your free trial today.
1: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.